When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune with a very special first-time guest here on this channel. Um, I, I barely feel like I need to introduce him by anything other than just his name, Ted Butler uh, from Butler Research. Uh, I've Countless times in the past, I've received comments or messages from people saying, hey, check out Ted's research on this or that, you know, going all the way back to, to we're talking, you know, 2008 um, and, and his work on, on uh, J.P. Morgan taking over uh, the Bear Stearns, their, their silver position back then. So, um, Ted, first of all, thank you for coming on. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on. And how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, doing fine, Matt. Thank you for the invitation. It's uh, my honor. Great, great. Sounds good. Um, so, so I thought a good place to start would be to just kind of discuss some of the recent price action in the precious metal, specifically silver. You know, they, they've calmed down a little bit. You know, they're, they're not breaking down below $14 or anything like that, you know, as, as we speak right now. But, but they do remain uh, depressed, and, and that's to put it lightly. Um, so I was wondering if you could kind of offer some, some insight as to some of this recent price action. You know, we, we talk about the, the dollar strength or, or the Chinese yuan dollar pair, you know, what's causing the prices to go down. But I was wondering if you could offer some, head, uh, some insight as far as the Commitment Trade Report or J.P. Morgan and what some of these banks are doing in terms of, of the, uh, the paper markets. Um, sure. Um, I, I tend to keep it uh, fairly simple um, and, and distill, distill it down to its uh, you know, simplest uh, element. And basically, prices, it, it's important to recognize that uh, silver, gold, other commodity prices are set uh, on the futures market. It, it, it shouldn't be that way. It, it should be that that prices are set uh, in the actual uh, real market, the market where uh, of uh, physical supply and demand, miners and users and investors, um, and and basically it's a figment of of, a, of anyone's imagination to think that that's actually what goes into setting the price. Uh, certainly, we'll, we'll confine it right now to silver and gold, but it's. It's, it's other things as well. So the, the, the first order of business is to understand that, that prices are made on the COMEX. Um, everybody else in the world, silver miners, uh, silver consumers, industrial consumers, um, um, private investors, um, are all price takers. They take whatever the price that is made on the COMEX, um, and that's just the way it is. Uh, all, all prices emanate from the COMEX. It, again, it's not right, and it, and it shouldn't be this way, and, but it is. And so it's important to look at um, that the COMEX as being the, the central entity, the only entity that sets the price. Now, um, when you look even deeper than that, Based upon data from the uh, CFTC, the, the government, uh, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, which is the federal regulator, and, and, and documents that they publish, including the most important is the weekly commitment of traders report. 
and you drill into that, and you'll see that on the COMEX, the big price uh, uh, making is, 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 is set by a relative handful of trading entities, um, no more than, say, 50, certainly not more than 100, but maybe even less than that if you're, if you're talking about who's really doing what, well less than 50 uh, important trading act, uh, entities on either side of the market. Um, so 50 traders basically on either side of the market, going long or going short, the buy or the sell side of the market on the COMEX, is what sets the price. The price is made on the COMEX. The rest of us um, have to take it. We take whatever that price is. Now, go one step further. These 50 entities, no more than roughly 50 entities on either side, have been um, uh, clearly demarcated between uh, what I call the technical funds, which are in the managed money category of the disaggregated commitment of traders report, the detailed report. And they trade based on price signals, mostly moving averages. They buy on the way up. They sell on the way down. And their counterparties, or the traders opposed to them, um, are mostly big banks led by J.P. Morgan. So this hand, relative handful of traders, in a, in a world where we have maybe 7.5 billion people, less than 50 traders roughly um, make up, okay, on either side of the market, make up the price setting, price making um, uh, a, a, a premise, okay, of of, of silver and gold prices in the rest of the world, the, the 7 billion plus people uh, that live in the world take whatever these prices are set. The, the real crazy thing about it is that uh, very few of the big paper traders um, on the COMEX care a whit about uh, 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 gold or silver. The, the technical funds and the, the managed money category they're only interested in price change and whether they can uh, – they're speculators. Pure, they're all speculators, but the managed money traders are definitely speculators. And they're just interested in price change and whether they can uh, make a profit, whether they can uh, cut their losses short if, if, if it moves against them. And they don't have any interest whatsoever. The, the actual production of silver and its chemical properties and how it's used and how much is used – um, doesn't come into it, it, it doesn't come into play at all. If you want to know why prices are what they are, you've got to look on the COMEX and see what these handful of traders are doing on either side of the market. Yeah, and, and of course, the, the chief of those, those entities would be, I think we would agree, J.P. Morgan Chase and, and their, their, uh, their control over, over the price setting mechanism in, on the COMEX for silver. Um, so, so I want to touch base on, on a question that's kind of been raised in the past. More often than not, okay, we know that J.P. Morgan has been on the short side of silver, like you're saying. They're on, they're on the opposite side of, of the trade of these, of these speculators, this managed money funds. And so, you know, people have asked, you know, we're always talking about manipulation of silver and everything. And, and some people have said, you know, 
maybe that manipulation's not really there. You know, who cares if JP Morgan is, is going short silver on the COMEX? I mean, somebody's got to go short, right? If, if managed money's going long, what's wrong with them going short, especially since they have, you know, a, a, a sizable, you know, physical uh, hoard or whatever you want to call it, you know, on the COMEX already. I was wondering if you could speak to that some. Sure. Um, first of all, uh, just to, just to set the uh, you know the, the record straight for as it is right this minute, uh, J.P. Morgan's uh, has not been going short um, recently. Uh, recently being the last three months on this uh, uh, multi-hundred dollar, hundred and fifty uh, dollar drop uh, in, in gold, and as many as much as three dollars drop in silver. Uh, J.P. Morgan has not sold or shorted a single contract on the way down. They bought uh, every purchase, uh, every contract that they can get their hands on. So uh, the first order of business is that uh, while J.P. Morgan has been, in, in past tense, um, the biggest uh, short on silver and may turn out to be in future tense, the biggest short again at, at some point. Um, in the present tense, okay, right now, in the here and now, they are not hardly short at all. They're not short gold at all, okay, and might even be long a little bit on the, on the COMEX and paper contracts. I think they're still short a little bit, okay, relatively speaking, a little bit in silver, but that's down from a giant short position. Right. J.P. Morgan and the commercials have not been selling. They never do on the way down. They're, they're not idiots. Um, they, they buy on the way down, and they have bought more on the way down over this last two- or three-month period of time than they have ever bought in history, both the commercials as a whole and the uh, J.P. Morgan specifically. Who has been on the short side, okay, have been these managed money traders. And you, you can't help but pick up uh, any uh, recent commentary by, by just about anybody, because that's what the, 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 the commitment of traders report shows, that the, uh, the managed money traders, I call them the technical funds within the, the managed money category, they, they are holding, they've been selling short all. So this, the thing right now is, is that, uh, is that the, the big uh, traders on the short side are all the managed money traders. The commercials have basically um, removed themselves from the short side, certainly J.P. Morgan, by buying back. That's the game. The game is it's like uh, karate or, or jujitsu, okay? The commercials run things on the, the insiders or the commercials. They run things uh, on the COMEX, just like in any other organization, okay? But what they do is, and it's hard to see, you have to think about it a bit, what they do is, like a judo fighter, they are using the other, their enemy, their counterparties, their, their opponents, okay? Um, uh, they're leading them into to do what the commercials want them to do. So they know how to set prices, the commercials, and you know, uh, engineer uh, a, a continuous pattern of lower prices in order to excite and um, get the technical funds 
to go short. They, it, they're, they're masters at this. That's the, that's the real manipulation, and, and, and the commercials are so good at this, J.P. Morgan in particular, that it's, it's like a, a work of art when you, when you, when you mm-hmm. step back and, and see what they... J.P. Morgan has never taken a loss on trading a COMEX contract, silver or gold contracts, probably other markets. I don't follow everything that closely, but I can tell you on gold and silver, they have never taken a loss, okay, only profits on any COMEX paper contract trade they have ever made over the last 10 years. It's easy to prove that. All the data is in in the commitment of traders. So not only do they have a perfect trading record, um, they've been able to overall keep prices relatively depressed. And at the same time, over the last seven, seven and a half years, they have used the opportunity of lower prices, which they've engineered themselves to pick up just a massive quantity of physical silver and, and gold. And I'd say... That the amount of silver that I track them as having picked up is like three quarters of a billion ounces, 750 million ounces of silver, all in 1,000 ounce bars now, and 20 million ounces of physical gold. The amount of gold that they've bought is actually, in dollars and cents, almost twice as much um, as the silver uh, that they that they that they purchased and, and accumulated over the years. It's just that. Silver so damn cheap in price relative to gold and, and relative to everything else that um, you get a hell of a lot more for your money uh, with, with, with silver than you do with gold. So um, the 750 million ounces is, uh, is worth about half of what the uh, 20 million ounces of physical gold that they own. But uh, the other masters, they... They, they, they control everything. They, the, the bottom line here, here and now, is that they've done such a good job. J.P. Morgan and the commercials have done such a good job of luring and inducing these technical funds into going short record amounts, which is you know, unquestionable because it, it's in the data, that they now sit in, in a position that um, if they decide to let it fly, let prices uh, fly without J.P. Morgan coming back in and reshorting, okay, on the next silver and gold advance, we could truly explode in price. Uh, I think that's that's likely um, because I don't see how J.P. Morgan and these other commercials can put themselves in the future. In, in a much better position than they are right now. I, I say we're we're kind of locked and loaded uh, for, for for a price explosion, based upon uh, that's what's going to benefit J P Morgan the most. Yeah, yeah, and you know, talk about a couple of things you brought up there. You know, I remember reading a report. This was from. 2017, 2016, it was actually about J.P. Morgan's trading desk. So I'd assume this is commodities, equities, bonds, whatever. Uh, It was something like two days that they had recorded a loss over like a two-year period. It it was ridiculous. And and it's like, you know, people people should be, you know, up in arms about that or at least, you know, questioning like what, how how is that even possible? But, but, you know, I, I think you brought up something really interesting there talking about, this this game that they play with with these speculators speculators it's 
as much as it is about the price suppression or the depression of the price of silver, I think it's just as much about the depression in, in the sentiment you know, surrounding silver. If they can depress the sentiment, I think they've won half the battle in and of itself. You, you're just going to have less and less money. If, if you're going to speculate on silver based on technical data or based on whatever as, as, a, as a hedge fund or in this managed money category, um, you, you have to go into that realizing that you're most likely going to lose. You know, unless you know what JP Morgan is doing and, and following their every move, you're probably going to lose. And, and we're seeing a perfect example of even if they go short, they're still uh, probably going to lose. Um, so you, know, you brought up something else there that that was I think my viewers would find very interesting uh, that the fact that JP Morgan is in in an excellent position as you said with with potentially three quarters of a billion ounces and that's that's three quarters of, of yearly supply or yearly demand of silver that's a huge amount. What's next then? You know, let's say hypothetically, and, and you're right, they they could go short again. And this could go on longer, but but hypothetically, let's say silver does head up. Let's say they they let it fly. Would it really be them letting it rise? You know, naturally, whether that's through through letting physical fundamentals kick in, or would it be you know more manipulation on the way up? And 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 you know, what's next after that? Will this manipulation kind of continue indefinitely, up and down, up to fifty, hundred, whatever, and then down again? Or is there is there a point somewhere where J.P. Morgan uh, sees doesn't see something coming and they lose control? Well, uh, the, the question of J.P. Morgan losing control uh, only arises when, um, when they're heavily short, uh, massively short, which is not now. But mm-hmm. there are, have been times when they've, they've been heavily short. And there's always a question, and I guess an outside chance, that when they're heavily short, them and the other commercials, there's a chance they can get overrun. Something comes along and... Uh, you know, just just causes them to uh, uh, to panic and to buy back short positions at a loss, and it cascades and feeds on itself. It's uh, it's. Uh, I had a silver mentor a long time ago by the name of uh, Israel Friedman, who's uh, who always anticipated that's exactly what would have occurred. That we would have had uh, uh, an explosion to the upside when uh, the the commercials were heavily on the short side. He he called it the his, his full pants down uh, syndrome. <laughs> but um, it, 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 I I never I always recognized that was possible. But I always thought that instead it was much more likely that we would get the explosion in silver when they weren't in harm's way when the commercials and and J.P. Morgan weren't in harm's way when they were the least short they've ever been, or and we didn't contemplate it, you know, 10, 20 years ago when this this theory came up uh, that J.P. Morgan could ever get uh, long on a physical basis. So that's that's the the deciding influence now. But all that has to happen, and it's like the simplest thing in the world. All that has to happen for the price of silver to explode is for J.P. Morgan on the next rally, okay, to, to do absolutely nothing. To be, it, it's like even easier than, than falling off a log or, or taking a nap or going on vacation. They don't have to do anything. If they don't short, J.P. Morgan doesn't add to short positions in gold and silver on the COMEX on the next rally whenever that comes. It could come any day. It could come after some extended period of time. But w- there will be 
a rally, and when that rally comes, if J.P. Morgan doesn't go short on that rally, then that's most likely to me, okay, the the signal that this is going to be the big move up. They, the the, the markets, J.P. Morgan has been manipulating the market for at least 10 years and probably longer than that, but I can identify it in the least for the last 10 years since since March of 2008 when they took over Bear Stearns. Um, so what's going to happen, what would cause the price explosion is you don't need a manipulation to the upside. You just need a termination and cessation, okay, of the manipulation itself. We'll go into when manipulations end throughout history of the world, whenever a manipulation ends, there's always a sudden and violent price reaction in the opposite direction. So this has been basically a downward manipulation for, I'd say, going back 30 years. Certainly, J.P. Morgan has been uh, responsible for it for the last uh, 10 years. So if they take their foot off the throat of the market and don't add short positions, okay, on the next rally or, or a future rally, okay, that will signal the end of the manipulation and it, it, they won't be the moderating and price capping influence, okay, that they've always been uh, in the past if they don't uh, go short, add to short positions. If they don't do that, if they sit, put their hands in their pocket, look the other way, you know, go on vacation, do whatever, okay, and don't do anything but don't go short on the next rally. I, I I can't see how we won't explode in price. So it'll be um, they don't have to do anything. They have to they just have to stop you know adding short positions as they have done on every single silver and gold rally over the last ten years. J.P. Morgan has added short positions. So what I'm you know anticipating is that they'll for the first time not do something that they've always done. And I understand that that's, uh, you know, maybe tough to take because people, we all tend to extrapolate based upon what has occurred in the past. And, you know, it's reasonable to think that uh, they always did it before. They're going to they're gonna do it again. And I understand that. And uh, it may happen. I, I, look, I, I'm not a, a prophet. Uh, J.P. Moore, I can't read their mind I, I can't know what they're going to do so they may very likely um go add to short positions on the next rally we'll still get a rally but it won't be the humdinger that I, that it would be if jp morgan didn't add to short positions it's just that they're so ideally positioned to make a, a, just a god-awful amount of money okay if they don't do anything that I can't help but, but think when you try and put yourself in their shoes, why the heck wouldn't they let it run? Is, is, I mean, I don't know why they haven't done it before now, but um, look, I, I, I think that that's, that's the setup. That's the reason, because it's going to be good for them. They don't care about anybody else. They're, they're concerned about themselves. And, and, and it's also important to recognize they've done the hard part already. Manipulating this market, it wasn't probably very difficult for them, but 
accumulating 750 million ounces of physical silver and 20 million ounces of physical gold was much more difficult in a combat. It took seven and a half years for them to do it. Um, was much more difficult than it will be for uh, disposing and ultimately selling that metal. The, 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 this is what J.P. Morgan does for a limit, uh, does for a living. They, they, they accumulate and then distribute. They're gonna. It, it, it's what they do. They, they pick up assets and they dispose of assets, and they do it at, at they do it at the accumulated low prices, and they uh, dispose and, and distribute at higher prices. And uh, it's uh, this. They just have a setup here where they can distribute at such a high price that uh, the amount of money, in terms of tens of billions of dollars that they stand to make if they let it run okay and not cap it one more time is just so uh compelling that uh i i can't help but think that that's what they got out of their sleeves yeah and and i think you uh you bring up something really interesting there when you when you're talking about how difficult it was for jp morgan to to accumulate the silver because because we know that they opened their their comex warehouse back in what was it 2012 i think uh you know shortly after the, the peak 2011 everything 2011. dates from okay. april of 2011 everything i, I couldn't remember i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you yeah. oh no 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 it's fine i knew it was around the top there and i think a lot of people you know maybe on the surface are asking themselves you know why i mean silver was was above 30 above 20 dollars you know it, it was really high there in, in april 2011 why would they be buying silver then? And why wouldn't they just buy silver when it was, well, where it's at now at $14 or where it was in, in the winter of, uh, you know, 2015, 2016. But I think you, you bring up a great point that there's some difficulty in, in accumulating um, a three quarters of a billion ounces of silver while simultaneously driving the price down. If they had shortened that time frame to to half of that, or, or certainly a, a single season, you know, three months or, or a single year, uh, they, they'd run the risk of, of, you know, not being able to get that physical silver before uh, the, the price went up because because accumulating that much silver is, it, it's doable. You know, investors do it, whether, whether it's a, a, a you know, silver stackers or, or, or people that, that uh, you know, pay to, to have it stored in a vault or whatever. We, you know, we've bought hundreds of millions of ounces um, since yeah, 2008. But it, it, as long as it's spread out, it, it, we don't necessarily have a, a situation like the Hunt brothers, so I thought that was kind of interesting that you uh, that you brought that up. But but to take this a step further, you're talking about J.P. Morgan uh, selling this silver for, for a huge profit, and, and the profit in and of itself might be enough motivation for them. But I, I got to ask, you know, if, if they do have this this huge hoard of a physical asset, and and yes, they could make a a, a huge killing in terms of profits on it. Is there a possibility that that them unloading this position could also coincide with a situation where uh, maybe, maybe you know paper assets aren't worth as much? Maybe maybe they unload it for paper and, and trade it for something else, whether it's uh, you know corporations or, or businesses or, or, or real estate or something. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say here is is uh, could them unloading their silver position or letting silver fly up coincide with a a, a greater event in, in kind of a global economy, talking about fiat currencies, stock markets, et cetera? Perhaps. You know, I, I can't rule out any of those things, and I, I share those 
those uh, sentiments uh, from time to time in, in certain things. I, I try and just keep it isolated uh, 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 to silver and, and gold and, and what moves the price, the mechanic, mechanics behind the price, and not get into you know, the, other, the other stuff, which is not that it's uh, unreasonable. Then you, but it's just that it's, it's just like a, at such a high level and, and at such a, a high potential pay grade that I don't want to necessarily complicate it by by tying in things that uh, may or may not be uh, germane mm-hmm. uh, to the issue. I mean, I'm, I started out by saying, look, you got to understand, the, the price of silver is set on the COMEX, period. I mean, that, it all emanates uh, from that, and um, someday that's not going to be true. Someday, I mean, this control of the... Uh, of the managed money traders versus the the commercials and J.P. Morgan. I mean, that's like a a very narrow uh, private uh, giant betting game, poker game, uh, in which uh, one of the offshoots, okay, is that it it translates into um, setting the price for everybody else in the world, miners and users and investors. That, that's like the craziest thing in the world. It's like nuts that we would allow something like that. So I'm convinced someday that price discovery process where 50 entities on either side of the market are determining the price to the rest of the world and the billions of inhabitants that that, that live out there uh, and are taking the price that these 50 clowns are setting, okay, is so preposterous and absurd that it can't possibly continue long term. We even got a federal agency, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, that number one mission is to prevent something like this from happening, and they look the other way. They won't even address this issue. And yet it's so obvious, you can tell from all the commentary coming out on the commitment of traders that this is what sets the price and what sets the price is so absolutely nutsy fagin crazy that uh, that it can continue forever and when it stops and it will stop okay prices are and silver are going to explode because it's like there's no way you can look at it and say that there's anything about silver that is uh, free market or True supply demand based. It's like it's every scratching the head. Why the hell silver so so cheap? Here's the reason. We got these crazy few paper traders on either side of the market. One group, the commercials and certainly J.P. Morgan, is miles ahead of the group that's the other on the other side. These managed money traders, and so therefore I think that the smart guys they may be crooked as hell, but the smart guys, J.P. Morgan, they're going to best these guys, these other guys in the end. And now we have this perfect setup where, where J.P. Morgan has never been in a better position that to let it rip up now than, than ever before. Now, where I may be wrong, and, and I admit it up front, is that maybe they can maneuver one more time and, you know, maybe they'll – even be in a better position to let it rip at some time in the future. Um, but it's hard for me to imagine that they could replicate 
okay and and if they if they do go short on the next rally and cap it and drive it down again and price and all this kind of stuff that they could get back this sounds like a a once in a lifetime opportunity for JP Morgan as well i don't think they can easily uh find themselves back into this or a better position in the future you you made a very good point uh, that that needs to be um emphasized which is namely that the 750 million ounces I claim, I allege that they they've accumulated in silver and 20 million ounces in gold. You just couldn't do that in a in a very short period of time. There's physical, you know, constraints and restraints. It's like you just can't go out and you know uh, uh, click your ruby slippers and uh, and blink your eyes like uh, like Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz and and and. And 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 presto bingo, there's 750 million ounces of silver that you own, and and 20 million ounces of gold. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of engineering, financial engineering, and logistics. They did it so many different ways that they've taken an enormous period of time. Seven and a half years is a long time, and they expended. J.P. Morgan expended the time, and whether they were, I don't think they knew they could get this much silver in the end. <laughs> I think what happened was they started out, they wanted to buy just some enough physical silver to cover their short position on the COMEX of, say, no more than 200 million ounces, okay? Um, and when they got to that level, they said, wait a minute, why don't we just continue accumulating <laughs> silver? That was after a couple of years. By, by 2012, 13, they had the 200 million ounces that, of silver that they needed to offset their, their paper short position on the COMEX, but they looked at the equation and they adjusted and they said to themselves, look, why would we stop? We, we, why don't we just keep, it keeps getting cheaper and cheaper because we keep controlling the price and, and letting the price go lower and lower. Okay, why not just keep accumulating and accumulating until we can't accumulate physical anymore. So I don't think like they started out in, in April of 2011 with a you know firm goal in their mind that by August of 2018, we want to have 750 million ounces of physical silver in our coffers, okay, and we're not going to stop until we do it. No, I, I don't. They're not magicians, okay. I think they adjusted as time went on, as any super intelligent uh, entity would do and said, wait a minute, why, why stop? We, we got all the money in the world. I mean, there's no question that J.P. Morgan could buy anything that they want to buy in the world, yeah, in, yeah. including other countries. So uh, it, it just evolved. And it's, uh, the important point is, is that they've, they've had a free ride, okay, thanks to the lack of government awareness and, and general market awareness of what they were up to, but here we are, and uh, I think they they did it, and uh, it's you know they they could come out and deny it if they want, but they don't seem to do that either. Yeah, and I mean here's the thing about that is is you're right, you know here we are, they they have all this silver, and and so you're right, you know they they could maneuver, they they could go short again, they could keep this kind of charade going on for for another however long period of time. But I, I don't I don't see the motive for J.P. Morgan to to accumulate all of that silver 
and then just do do nothing, sit, sit on it indefinitely or, or to slowly sell it off at, at a very minor profit or, or at a loss. It just makes no sense to me. It's, it's kind of one of those things that well, it's just an eventuality. It's, it's going to happen eventually. It's it's just a matter of when. And, and like you said, they're, they they certainly look to be in an excellent position to, you know, maybe that eventual is, is now or, or in the near future here. Absolutely. And then when you and you stop and think about it, why does anybody, okay, uh, buy uh, a lot or a little of, of any investment asset? Okay, it's it's because you think it's going to go up. You're not you're not buying it because you think it's going to go down, or you're going to sell it at a loss. You want to sell it as a profit. It's just the difference between us or anybody else, okay, and J.P. Morgan is that. J.P. Morgan truly has an unlimited uh, checkbook, an unlimited amount of buying power. They can buy anything that they want. In fact, the amount of silver and gold that they hold, which is you know around 30 combined in dollar terms, 30, 34 in the mid 30s, low 30s, billions of dollars. We'll call it 35 billion dollars. Okay, that's what 750 million ounces of silver and, uh, and and 20 million ounces of gold is worth okay at current prices which is probably pretty close to their their average price anyway so we've got 35 billion dollars that's a lot of money people say how could they buy that much how could they hide it on their balance sheet how could they not how could people not see it jp morgan has like 2.6 which they admit to 2.6 trillion with a t trillion dollars in assets the 35 billion in uh, that they have in gold and silver only represents less than one and a half percent of their total assets owned and you know they again with an unlimited checkbook how hard would it be to hide you know one and a half percent of your um total assets if uh, if you were really determined that people shouldn't be able to see it, okay, and you have all sorts of bookkeeping. They have like tens of thousands of lawyers and accountants and stuff designed to create special entities and hide things off the books. They could do this is what they do for a living. Uh, so the fact that they have so much silver and gold, it's so much silver and gold in the terms of how much silver there is in the world. They got like almost half the silver in the world, it seems. But, um, it's it, it, it's so much silver in one sense, but on, on the other sense, compared to J.P. Morgan, it's bupkis. It's it, it's it's not even a rounding error, and it's that that's what makes the whole thing possible. So, I will say this though: uh, if they do let it rip, okay, to where silver could go eventually, and you're talking 100, 200, pick crazy numbers, pick any number you want, okay, where, where it certainly could go. Um, and then multiply that by 750 million ounces, and then you're talking real money, yeah. even for J.P. Morgan. And that, I think, is their incentive to make money. I would say only reason anybody ever buys any investment. Yeah, yeah, you make a great point. Yeah, it's it, it's going to be bittersweet. I think you know there there was that whole maybe you alluded to it a bit, the whole crash J.P. Morgan, buy silver crash J.P. Morgan movement back. You know, five years ago or something like that. And, and you know, when, when you put it that way, maybe it was realistic, maybe not, you know, uh, enough physical demand could have certainly maybe pushed them out of, of their position or at least, you know, caught them off guard, but but maybe not crash entire company. So it's going to be maybe bittersweet, you know, seeing them, 
them and other bullion banks clued for all these years and 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 manage the markets in this way and, and then see them profit off it enormously but you know the sweet side of it is going to be that you know if you did buy physical back then and you still have it today or you've been buying since then you still stand a profit it, it's you know i understand that people people get very uh uh, there's a lot of um, anger towards towards these large financial institutions, including J.P. Morgan, and I understand that. But you know, I guess looking at the silver, quite literally, the silver lining, if you buy, if you could, if you've bought physical silver, you you stand to benefit much like J.P. Morgan. You're doing the opposite of what those what those uh, uh, speculators did for all those years, have done for all these years, uh, in paper funds, basically. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's a dilemma. I I, I admit that it's kind of like the old dilemma you see, like a guy watching his uh, his mother-in-law drive off a cliff in his brand new Jaguar. You got mixed <laughs> feelings, okay? It's like a, it's um, you know, yeah, I I I prefer J.P. Morgan. You know, go to hell. What do I care about them? Okay, especially since they've been the the big crooks in the market. But if if the difference is if they make a a, a bloody fortune. By, by silver going up, and, and those people, like myself, that have a, 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 a long exposure uh, to it also benefit, hey, what are you going to do? It's just, uh, that's the way it is, and I hope J.P. Morgan makes more than even they think. It's like in that, in that sense, uh, at least uh, until, the, uh, until I sell it or anybody else can sell it, then you don't, then you don't really care. So I understand the, uh, the, the bittersweet uh, aspect of it, but you know what? In, in the long run, that's not uh, that doesn't matter that much. You know, and you know, you, you, if it means rooting for J.P. Morgan, all right, let's root for J.P. Morgan. Which I can <laughs> understand it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, before we wrap up here, we're heading into a, a maybe tumultuous time of the year. Fall time certainly is is risky in terms of of things like equities and whatnot and and who knows if some of that will carry over into precious metals or not. But but I was wondering if you could maybe offer just one one thing that that our viewers can keep an eye on let's say through the end of 2018 maybe to give them a sense of of whether or not this is the big move up or if jp morgan's just gonna you know reposition themselves uh, again well i mean i would look just for that i uh, let me get you know very specific and very narrow um uh, the technical funds these managed money traders are so heavily on the short side right now they they have an open position. It's 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 not a a position that can be kept open. Okay, uh, indefinitely they will eventually. They must buy this position back and close out this short position. The, the, the only question is, will they close out this buy back their short positions? These technical funds um, on lower prices. Or will they buy them back on higher prices? I think they're going to have to buy them back on higher prices, and they're going to end up with a big loss. So if you want to look for something, the thing I look at and wait for every day, and it should uh, coincide uh, into the fall, okay, and, and maybe even sooner, is that uh, the technical funds who put on all these big short positions, their motivation for putting on the short positions was because we started to trade below the key moving averages the key moving averages i would i would define as as the 50 day the 200 day moving average that's what motivates these big uh, technical funds the ones who the manage money traders so whenever the and it's math, it's a mathematical certainty that at some point 
the moving averages either by the price coming up or the moving averages coming down because the moving averages change every day. Um, uh, by some combination of that, the, the price will penetrate the moving averages to the upside, just as it penetrated previously the moving averages to the downside. The, 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 and when that happens, when, when, when we'll know. We'll know if it's the big one or not. We'll know from the Commitment of Traders report, uh, I'm pretty confident, we'll be able to isolate whether J.P. Morgan is adding short positions or not. So while there'll be all, perhaps all sorts of uh, dramatic headlines about different things going on in the world and in different markets, as there always seems to be, the real key thing to look at is when we cross these moving averages uh, to the upside, which is a mathematical certainty at some point, uh, when we cross them to the upside, will J.P. Morgan be adding short positions or not? And that's the only thing I'm looking at, and uh, I think it's the only thing worth looking at. And it's fairly easy to follow. It's like uh, you've got the moving averages. You can get a, a chart every day showing you the 20, the 50-day moving average. Those, those are the two big ones that the money manager, the money managers go by. And when that crosses, when the price goes above those, um, we'll see in the price itself, and we'll see by virtue of the data from the commitment of traders and, and the bank participation report from the, from the CFTC, whether J.P. Morgan is adding to shorts or not, and it's black and white. Either they will or they won't, and I would think I'd be able to identify whether they're doing it or not, but, but I will say this, if they don't add, do not be surprised. Okay, they don't add shorts, J.P. Morgan, on the next rally. Don't, don't be surprised if this price doesn't start uh, moving to the upside uh, in, in an explosive manner that is uh, very much different than, than what we've seen in the past. I'm kind of hoping and expecting that, but the key feature is whether J.P. Morgan adds to short positions okay, when the moving averages get violated to the upside. Simple enough. Keep an eye on the moving averages. Keep an eye on this commitment of traders report. Well, Ted, it's been great speaking with you. Thank you for sharing all of your, your expansive knowledge with us, especially on JP Morgan, the paper markets, comics, et cetera. Um, where can my viewers, my listeners uh, find you? Uh, well, I run a, uh, you know, a, a twice a week uh, uh, commentary, uh, www.butlerresearch.com. I have it structured so it's, you know, it's a monthly thing. Uh, if, if someone doesn't want to make a, a long-term commitment, it's, it's, it's easy enough. You can, you, can, you can do it for a month and then, uh, and then stop. If you want to continue, we'll do it on a, it's done on a recurring basis. But it's uh, easy uh, to establish, easy to, to cancel if you don't want it anymore. Um, you, know, you might want to try it if any of this stuff uh, is of interest. Um, and butlerresearch.com. All right. Thank you, Ted. Um, you have a great evening. You too, Matt. Thanks All a right. lot. Yep. Thanks again bye -bye. for coming on. All right. Bye-bye. All right.